Let's record. see here. Recording. There we go. Bringing the closers. Episode feisty. Ryan Ray reporting live from a construction site. Ben Samuels, give me no respect. And remind me to ask to tell you about no respect. Uh, I got a topic <laughs> to remind you of when we get off this thing. How are you doing today, old friend? Doing well. Um, you know, you say no respect. I was thinking you were going to go with no diggity. One of those somewhere in the middle. Same thing. Whatever. Basically. Okay. So last week, let's get into this because this is going to be a feisty episode. You're, you're, you're muted. This little shot there. Um, I said this week, with real estate prices so high, investors should be pouring money into private equity. You sent me an aggressive thread of tweets about how wrong I was, how you're going to torture me on this podcast. I am here for the challenge. I am up. I am ready. I am prepared. I'll give you the floor, sir. So a few things. Number one, for those that, uh, well, I mean, for those that aren't listening to this episode as like your very first foray into who is Ryan Ray, you know that hyperbole is, is where he lives. And, and so some of that was truth. Most of that was not. Um, that being said, I don't even necessarily know that I need to state my case. I feel like the person that makes the outlandish, ridiculous claim is usually the one that should start the conversation, not the one that has all the cards. But but since you gave me the floor and I have all the cards, maybe this will be a really short episode and you can get back to doing whatever you're doing out in 32 degrees. And yeah, well, come on. Okay. For those first time listening, Ben has, he's like the old time, like 1927 pitcher with the huge wind up. The delivery is like 14 miles an hour, but the wind up is huge. So are you going to actually throw the pitch now, sir? So with that, uh, if if you're still listening, um, you know, go ahead and uh, go ahead and just cut the feed now and go on to the next podcast. Um, But so I, I find it fascinating that in the world that we live in and in the world that I, we live in, I'm talking to Ryan specifically here, that really anyone would espouse anything positive about the private equity space as a capital allocation vehicle, like end of sentence period, I, I don't even really need to say more, private equity is geared towards taking an unbelievable amount of money and burning it 98 times out of 100, the two times that it works Everybody oh. at the cap table makes a, p- a ton of money, but wow. private equity is well. No, but no. If you ask VC and private equity folks if those vehicles are anywhere near like safe or smart bets or a good use of capital or or any of those things, I think you would get a unanimous no. They are they are for moonshots. I mean, private equity is is exactly what you want if you want to spend a million dollars that could go to zero in six months or could be worth 10 billion in, in six years. It's a phenomenal vehicle for that. But if you're talking like in, in the tweet that you're talking about and, and sort of what I took from that is if you're talking about, you know, taking like capital gains, uh, you know, proceeds or, you know, having like spun up a ton of money in like crypto or NFTs or selling off real estate and taking that money and, and funneling those proceeds into a private equity vehicle, I, I am, as you can hear in my voice, I am aggressively against that. So yeah, I, I'd love for you to state your case, but that's where I'm coming from. I mean, so first off, let me just start by saying, I've, uh, I put this out in public. I made, I put a Julie fun one, put a few thousand bucks in there. I think it's 2000, just a very, very small number. Making 31% on that, 31% return. Okay. So let's, let, but let's talk about that well, for a second. But private placement in a reg D is, leaps and bounds away from private equity if you're talking about private placement that's a whole different conversation well with private, private equity that's a whole di- it's a whole different vehicle like private, private equity, equity is a, a, a 
Private equity is a large umbrella, and I think that's what's gotten you. I think you're focusing on certain aspects of private equity, which maybe so. But I mean, listen, okay, just just for argument's sake, I know a guy. I won't say his name. Um, he's a CEO of a of a, of a um of a company. Does really well. They're private equity based. They've been flipped three or four times. They're getting ready to flip in the next year or two. Going to make a boatload of money on that. I wish I was invested. I wish that private equity group had taken some of my money and been put it into that deal. So uh, you talk about VCs? I ain't talking about VCs. VCs, yeah, it's like 90-10. But private equity, like Carlisle Group, yeah, man, why would you not? Well, right now, listen, I'm calling people all the time about real estate. It's crazy high, crazy, ridiculous. So unless you're thinking you're going to do a short-term rental and make a bunch of money back, or you're going to hold it for the next 50 years, uh, and you're not worried about overpaying now because 50 years would be worth more, then there's no way I would put um, buku dollars into real estate unless you can find a really good off-market deal. For perspective, I found a deal the other day. It's a house. If I wanted to buy it, I could probably get it for a hundred, maybe one hundred twenty thousand, hundred thousand dollars to say. It would sell for one hundred seventy thousand remodeled. It's not remodeled; it's remodeled. Say so it takes thirty thousand remodel it, so a forty thousand dollar profit. It's a small house, eight to nine hundred square feet. It's tiny. Okay, so you could probably do that whole project in what three weeks, maybe. Okay. And you could probably make thirty, forty thousand dollars, right? Okay. Yeah, if you find that deal, but but but, but think about that. It's a hundred and seventy thousand dollar eight hundred square foot house. So don't let the market catch you or you're stuck holding something for a long period of time. If you can hit it and you think the market's gonna be there for a while, go for it. But I'm calling people all the time and they're like, man, I'm not selling my house is doubled in value, tripled in value, whatever it is. These low end houses, you know, $150,000 houses, $75,000 houses, and they are hugely inflated. So if you're going to go and buy right now in the real estate market, no, I just, it, you, you have to really be searching for off market deals or you've mastered the short term rental, which is, uh, I think that's a little bit different. Uh, I feel like you but, moved the goalpost aggressively because I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't talking about or thinking about real estate. So, um, so well, real estate what, was the tweet I, that was in the tweet. That's what the tweet said. That's literally what the tweet said. With real estate prices so high, investors should be pouring money into private equity. You shouldn't be investing in real estate. You should be investing in private equity. That was the that's tweet. What, that's what, yeah, it's a really aggressive leap. Uh, I mean, a data point: real estate prices are really high doesn't connote choosing real estate or private equity i get 280 characters i get 280 characters and then i get like 47 aggressive texts from you so i'm sorry was, I... was one um like literally one uh just for clarification <laughs> for anyone caring about math i know i know facts don't seem to matter on this podcast or the one that we used to do which we no longer do because you don't have time because you're selling wow real estate. um wow yeah but but well, so, so so for for those that are wondering if your broker is telling you that you have forty seven offers you may only have one, um, too too soon was that too much? You sent me a okay. You sent me a picture. I responded. You sent a text. Then you sent a typo <laughs> with a text, and then you sent a response. This pod- and then you sent a response. <laughs> have this podcast is just just big, you bickering about something <laughs> some esoteric point about something. <laughs> Okay, so let's go back to what you said. If, if you are talking about, like right now, taking cash and going and buying single-family or multifamily homes as a yes. short-term rental solution, I I would give, I would write that check before you stop talking. If the other if the other side of the coin is put it into a private equity vehicle, and again, I'm not talking about private placements because private, 
I think that I think that it's really important to distinct uh, have a distinction here that private equity is like you talked about, like a BlackRock or a Carlyle Group, and like Ryan Ray, Ben Samuels. I can't write a, group, a, a check to Carlyle Group, and so like you know, if, yes, if you if you can find a way to get on the LP side of a Carlyle, write that check all day. You're 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 in you're, you're in the money before you write the check. But okay, but hold on, hold on. That, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say any names. I'm not gonna say any names. But you and I are currently working for a private equity group that is not as big no, as Carlisle on those. No, but that's, but that's not, that's not. <laughs> See, that's I think, I think you have a, huh? You don't think so? Mm -mm. So. Unless, the, unless you're thinking, unless you're talking about the other one, maybe, maybe I'm thinking about one and you're thinking about the other. Well, there's two, there's two. I'm thinking about the one that would be more traditional. You would, you would, you would not invest in that. I mean, I've looked at those returns. They're going to take, and I'll, I'll, I'll change it. But no, but, but no, but, so, but Ryan, but what, okay. So let me make sure, let me make sure to make this point. You're talking about one specific vehicle that, that exists out there. Like the question and sort of the tweet and the conversation we're having today is not about one fund that we singled out about talking about one. We're talking about like the market. We're talking about just in general. So fo folks that are listening, we're talking about any of the vehicles that they may see or like just in general. And so, yeah. if, if, yes, if you're talking about the specific fund that you and I have happened to tr um, chosen to represent, I, you know, God help me, I would hope that we would, you know, want to put dollars to that and half put dollars to that, right? But, but if you're talking about the, the market abroad, I think my answer changes wildly. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's what I'm saying to you is that if, if you're going to, so short-term rentals is like Airbnb. So that would be the only exception to the rule I would give. If you've got a hundred thousand plus, if you're going to put cash into an investment right now, then I would be looking for private equity vehicles. I, I think that there are just, I think, listen, it's, so let it's, me let me let me tell you part of let me let me go a different route and I'll tell you part of the reason that I think that that's a poor decision and and so let's okay. let's, yeah. per, let's pretend for a second that we're bringing private placements into the PE bucket just to make everybody like let's talk apples to apples and, and make it easy let's go on to the next point if you're talking about hey I have a hundred thousand dollars and I think that's a good number because if you have you know ten million dollars you might like go start your own fund if you have like ten grand you really can't do much right so let's mm -hmm. you know so if you have a hundred thousand dollars to go put to work this is not like you know, investable assets. This is like, you're going to go put this liquid into something and, and you have like private equity over here and you have acquire a small uh, startup company that, uh, that you, you know, may have an in on or go on to micro acquire and acquire a, a software company through that or go and buy some brick and mortar, uh, whether that be through, you know, a bank, some, uh, a bank relationship or just on the street or, or I mean, I, I can continue going or like, you know, st stand up like a, funnel and like amazon kdp business like th there are a litany of different ways that i think that are much 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 better uh to to use a hundred thousand dollars to go towards because yes again you in the pe model you very well may see outsized returns and it may be the it, it may end up being the prudent decision but the opportunity cost of putting the dollars to work in that vehicle as opposed to some of the other things i just mentioned and maybe it's partly, you know, how I'm wired. That's, you know, maybe it's not everyone's decision to look at it that way. But it, but if you're if you're talking about again, just sort of a wide sweeping private equity over here, or some of those other things that I just mentioned, I, I think that's a really important distinction because you're not just talking about like, hey, I'm going to write those check to like TD Ameritrade, or I'm going to go put mm. it in private equity. If that's yeah. the conversation, if you're talking about, hey, I'm going to go write a check to TD Ameritrade, or 
or like E-Trade and they're just going to park my money somewhere and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to be blind there too, or private equity, then, then, I, then it's, I think it's maybe closer to the middle. But, but I think that if you're looking at just like, hey, I have $100,000 and how am I going to spend it? I'd be looking at a lot of other things. Okay, so let's unpack that. So I, I'm, if, I, if, I, if Ryan Ray had $100,000 um, extra, I would probably invest it in some of the business ventures that I currently have. So if you're listening and you want to give me $100,000, call me up. I'll take that. Um, but Ryan Ray has been running and operating businesses since he'll, 22. He'll take, he'll take the $100,000 in $200 increments or whatever that's worth. Just in case you're wondering why this podcast is so aggressive, it's comments like that that the listener has no idea what they mean, but they carry a lot, a lot of baggage. I'll continue. Um, but Ryan Ray's been running businesses since he's 22. Okay. And so I'm not saying I'm, I'm like a savant or anything like that. I just, I kind of have an idea, right? If I'm advising someone who's 42, uh, never ran a business, never been in a high management position, maybe they can, maybe they can't. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not as, I don't. I've been around a lot of people in my business career that have would never be good owning their own business. This is not their thing. And so part of that's because I work with a lot of corporate people and corporate people typically don't have that mentality. So maybe I'm kind of used to that kind of crowd and maybe you're used to a little bit more entrepreneurial crowd. So that, that, that kind of biases is probably weighing in here. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, my, my advice would be this, this, this $100,000 is first, make sure, how do you get to, get to be an accredited investor? Because that opens up so many doors that aren't currently open to people that you should be focused on that. So if, you just have, if you're just starting from blank, you have, you have 100K laying around, how do you get to accredited investor status, right? So is that to start a side hustle like you mentioned? Is that to invest in someone else's business? Is that some kind of dividend portfolio or something? I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to disconnect that. Um, I would consider that if you're an accredited investor and it has a hundred K, right? So if you're a accredited investor, you have a hundred K you're open to some of these vehicles that we're talking about. So if you're not a credit investor, then a lot of the stuff we're talking about, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, for those people, you know, one of the private equity deals that me and you're looking at, and I'll, I'll change the numbers just to protect the innocent. Cause I don't, I mean, it's not a secret, but nonetheless, it's basically they're raising 40 million and they're going to turn into 120. That's their goal, right? They're going to take 40 million. They're going to turn into 120 over four years and they're start paying dividends. So it's a four year hold before you get a dividend and they start getting a dividend. Okay. I suspect that for the average person who has hundred K to spend, if they were to invest that hundred K in a vehicle like that, and there's, it's not just this one, there's more than this one out there. Um, that would give them better returns than a buying real estate today. Uh, for sure, uh, and B, better than these other ideas that you mentioned because they're they're going to have a hard time executing those. Now, there's a small minority of people who can pull those off, and for those people, good on you. But for the for the vast majority of people, if you had 100k and you're an accredited investor and you can invest in something that's going to take 40, turn it into 120, not pay dividends for four years, you can lose it. You can essentially lose 100k for four years. It's, it's parked on the sideline, and in the next four years, you take a nice dividend return, and then you get a nice exit at the end. That that makes a lot more sense to me than buying real estate when a 800 square foot house is going for a buck seventy, and that's that's just I mean there's countless examples and your real estate was the example I use so yes and and one of the tweets I put out this uh, this morning I I tried to find it just now and it got got lost I got I got on a Twitter rant today Um, but one of the things that that you and I have talked about offline I tweeted about uh, the short version is that you know I very strongly. Do not believe, and, and this is irrespective of net worth, 
occupation, locale. This is just a blanket statement. I very vehemently believe, and this is the hill that I will die on, that a, a family or person, if you own a single family home as a primary residence, that is, with very, very, very few exceptions, a terrible decision. It's just this. I, I firmly believe, and, and that's, you know, that's commentary on current market. Obviously, in, in the past, it's been part of the American dream and, and sort of a, a baseline for becoming established and, and sort of, um, you know, that was sort of the model. I think in the, in the world we live in today, part of this is what you're talking about, that the prices are rampant. I mean, out in Midland, you know, you can spend $800,000 on a house that should be worth three twenty, and, and most people don't blink an eye. I, I, I seem to not be able to, like, really fathom that. Um, but, but I think that, you know, if you're, again, if you're talking about real estate, you're right. But going back to your example, so if the target for the fund is we're going to take 40 and turn it into 120, if that's sort of the model in four years, now a 300%, a three X return in four years is fantastic. No one's going to complain about that. But what happens if one of the investments in the fund doesn't do great? And so rather than a three X, you only get like a 1.6 X. Okay. Right. So like 1.6 X in four years. Now, now you open the floodgates. There are tons of different things yep. that you can do. Agreed. Um, and, and and one caveat, and I'll and I'll hand it off to you here. I want to uh, make a distinction. Um, I think that it's really interesting that, that you you know used the words that you did. I think that there's a sort of an ethos around like Amazon KDP and drop shipping and some of those some of those sort of things in that ilk that it is sort of just inherently part time. It certainly can be, and it can be a side hustle for tons of people. But there are people that do that full time and make yeah. unbelievable yeah, yeah. amounts of money. So, so, so yeah. I, the reason I the reason I bring it up is like when I talked about it before, I wasn't connoting that as like, hey, have your nine to five and do this on the side. I mean, if somebody did that as their nine to five, I think the returns that you would see, even in your example, if someone really like, even if you or I, like, I mean, you know, you or I, think you comfortably can say neither one of us are skilled at running an Amazon reseller business. If you or I were to just drop everything else we're doing and focus on just that in the next four years, I'm confident in telling you that if we didn't see at least a three X return, that's an utter failure like, on, on a, like a multitude of levels. And so mm -hmm. I think that's sort of that shift is important to, to, to uh, you know, talk about as well. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I said part-time because again, I'm just a little hesitant to say, Hey, go quit your job, go do KDP stuff or whatever. It's something I've never done. I see it's with, with businesses like that, it's hard to gauge. So all startups have a very low success rate with those. It's even harder for me because I don't know how many people actually are doing it versus online saying they're doing it by, by watching Bob's video who said he did it and they're just repeating what he said. And so you, you create this effect where everyone's saying they're doing it because they're just, they're all stealing each other's source material, but very few are doing it potentially. I don't know. And so that's, that's, all I was going to say, I, I would, I would challenge um, for anyone um, listening to this part of the podcast. If you're interested in, in this piece, um, Ryan, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way, but but I think that you're speaking from a place of, of some assumptions and things that aren't actually proven out in the market because the, the market is much more robust and you know uh, functional, you know, than, than maybe you're you're connoting. I mean, it it's not as though like let me say it this way: there are certainly just like any other market, like if you want to grow a YouTube following or anything else, there are defined ways to to 
you know, to increase market share in, you know, in a Amazon store or what have you. Um, and, yeah. and so it's not like the wild west. And also the last thing I wanted to say is keep in mind in the example that we're using, you said like, Hey, don't go like quit your nine to five and go do this. And the example you're using, we're talking about somebody that's an accredited investor and has a hundred thousand dollars in just like free capital that they don't need to like do anything with. And so that to me connotes someone that doesn't have, like they, they have the safety net that would be necessary to go like do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess Ben, I guess for me, the thing with that, so I, you are right. I'm speaking for a spot of ignorance. Um, so I, I don't know about the KDP stuff. I, my, me and my daughter are going to get ready to do some KDP stuff so I can report back how that goes. Um, um, you know, it's, it's a weird spot on these podcasts because we're not claiming to be the almighty God. It's two guys conversating and agreeing and disagreeing and talking about terms and all stuff. However, you know, for people listening, I, I, I think the, the spot that I don't want to be in is the guy on the internet going, quit your job, do this, you know, we can make a bunch of money. Because if I haven't done that, or I don't know someone who I trust who's done that, I'm just reluctant to say, it's easy, go do it. This is something, that you, you know, so the KDP stuff, I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I just, I personally wouldn't encourage someone to go jump on that bandwagon because I couldn't, I can't help them. If they, if like, if they call and said, hey, I'm stuck, good luck, go watch a YouTube video. Uh, and they're like, well, you, you said you could do this. I, that's, that's the only pushback. I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. That's you know, just for me. In the exact same vein, and that's a great point, in the exact same vein, I think that part of my pushback on the PE model is exactly that, that, that if someone that, you know, hasn't ever invested in, in, like, hasn't ever been on the GP or LP side of a startup or of a, of a venture like that, you know, if they're listening to the podcast and they're like, oh, private equity, like I, I saw this deck on LinkedIn. Let me throw some money at these guys. Like, it, it, that's fair. I think, yeah, right? that's fair. That's so fair. It, it's kind of, it, it, you know, we're, I think we're talking better from both angles, but I think we're, I think unlike usual, I think we're actually somewhere, somehow agreeing in the middle here. Yeah. So to your point on the, on the PE stuff, I, I would not say it was a tweet meant to get reaction which from you, it did. Um, yeah. If you're going to invest in PE, obviously, you know, call me up. I can hook you up. Obviously I'm, I'm the man. Don't call me in. He has nothing. Obviously. Um, but, but beyond that, yeah, you have to look And this is, you know, any, any investor that I come across, I always tell them you should talk to the CEO yourself of the funds that I represent. You should talk to the CEO. You should hire outside consulting firm to examine the, the fund that we're talking about here, because a lot of this stuff you can't understand. I don't understand some of it. I'm not an expert in these particular um, businesses or whatever. So I always encourage people that if I'm raising money from them to go hire an outside consulting firm to, to read the reports, to meet the CEO, talk with them. And that would be the same thing for anyone investing in private equity. Um, yeah, that, so that would be my standard. That's my standard pitch to investors that I'm pitching to and to others. And I think that's important because on the private equity stuff, like take take a VC model where you're investing in tech because we can talk about that a little bit more. We're not doing tech, uh, a lot of tech stuff. You know, think, think about that. You, hey, here's a tech startup and they're doing this, this, and this. Well, unless you're some kind of programmer tech guru, how do you really know how um, how good the code is or whatever's going on? You need to get someone to kind of give you an opinion on that. So I would say the same, but yes. So I'm with you there. PE, if you're going to invest, you need to get a consulting firm to review the business model, uh, to view the, the technical specifications of the, of the companies you're buying or, or whatever it is that they're doing um, if you don't understand something? it. Huh? Can I interject something to add to yeah. that? Go, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I agree with uh, almost everything you just said there. The, the, one, the one tweak I would make is that I think that you and I have, or you know, people like you and I, have a pretty healthy appetite for, like you just mentioned, you know, I, I look at decks that present you know, opportunities across basically you pick a market I've probably seen a deck um, you know I, I've been able to cultivate a network of like you're talking about consultants and and, and other subject matter experts to turn around those decks too and, and get some feedback and be able to at least orient myself to whether it's something that I want to pick a pencil on or not 
to, again, going back to, you know, if folks are listening to this, uh, my strong advice is start with the thing. It's really simple, but start with the things that you know. If, if you, you know, if you want to start to invest in PE vehicles, go find a PE vehicle in, in a market that you're familiar with. Now, uh, I, I'm going to try to make this short because I don't, I don't want to, uh, I think Ryan has probably heard me get on this soapbox before, but I think there's a fine line to walk here in the sense of what I'm not saying is go find something that you feel like you are the subject matter expert in and, you know, so that you're going to be sort of a thorn in the side of, of the GP team and you're going to be a, you know, sort of an annoyance on the cap table. And the reason I say it that way is because I think it's a really important distinction for the people that are raising the funds. I think everybody, especially right now, money is cheap. Money is available basically anywhere. Um, I think there's a lot of focus being uh, paid, uh, paid on the cap table side of the business, bring, bringing in you know, so if it's an operated, if an operated business, bringing an operator uh, focused uh, LP team to, to back so, so that you have some synergies there. But you're know, going back to what I said before, I think it's really important to find something that you're familiar with so that, you know, not only can you listen to the consultant and check them if, you know, if maybe they are off because you and I both know, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people on, let's, you, let's pick on LinkedIn. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn that their profile says consultant and you talk to them and I'm not sure what, you know, not sure they can spell the word, much less represent the market. And so I think, you know, you, you sort of have to play defense to make sure that you're in, you know, in your own fairway. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would shift it a little bit. And I heard this from Gary V a long time ago, uh, back when I was kind of listening to him and he said, jockey over horse. And that's really stuck with me that, you're really investing, you need to invest in the person as much as you can, right? So when I say meet the CEO, you need to like the CEO, you need to trust the CEO, you need to believe that they're a good person, they're, they have integrity, that they have your best interest at heart, they're going to do the right thing. Um, then there's the competence to, like, this is a good business model as well, but 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 they can, you can, it, this is the danger, you can fake a good business model um, to make it look really good and have a sleazeball running it and take your money. So I, I think you start with vetting the, the, the CEO as much as possible um, and then move to the technical aspect. That'd be the only tweak I'd say. I, I agree with that. Interesting though, because I could easily make the counter argument that a lot of times, you know, a lot of these guys and, and you know, I've seen it firsthand, you know, they're smooth talkers and, and they, you know, they can really lead you in a direction and they can pull you. But then if you look at the pro, the pro forma and the P and L's, the story just blows up. And so there's a counterbalance there, right? Because you can't just trust the numbers. You can't just trust mm -hmm. the person. I think it's about finding the middle. And again, going back to what we were talking about before, I think really the, the best way to sort of orient yourself to legitimate opportunities or, or value add opportunities that are in the market are looking at things that you're at least familiar with so that you, you're, you know, your radar sort of up on both of those. Because if you're, if you're trying to drink from a fire hose and learning a brand new market, as well as trying to glean, you know, what you can from the CEO and picking up, you know, sort of more of the interpersonal, that, that's, that's a lot of data points at once. Yep. Okay. Let's wrap it there. Um, ben and I obviously both work for private equity groups and non-private equity groups and do a bunch of raising ourselves. So this is kind of interesting. We've never really had it out like this on a podcast. So it's kind of interesting to hear how you would tweak it, how I would say it. Uh, so by the way, for, for what it's worth before Ryan, real quick, before you wrap up, um, Insert disclaimer here, neither Ryan or I are professional, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Uh, don't, don't take anything that you heard in the last 27 minutes as really as truth or gospel or anything. You, you, uh, but um, This is a comedy podcast, people. This is a comedy podcast. Thank comedy you. podcast. Okay. With that, we'll be back next week.